Lynn, let, let me talk to you a little bit about the Ceramics Podcast. What? Wait, what? Yeah, I want to talk to you about the Ceramics Podcast. So, you a podcast about ceramics? Yeah, we started, well, I started one, and you happened to show up once in a while. I don't know where your head is at today. <laughs> wait, what? <laughs> You've been recording this? <laughs> this is not good. <laughs> we're still doing the ceramics podcast i don't even know i sometimes i send you a text and i'm like can you do this and you're like sure and then you log on and you're like what are we doing i'm like that thing that we've been doing wait is that why we flew out to california to hang out with alex reed oh my god i wish that would be so fun right <laughs> next time okay guess well i put up on instagram Qu do you have any questions for us? Um, no, I don't. I don't. So, no, we have some questions. Oh. You don't have any questions. I feel like you probably have questions, but I'm not, I'm not the one that an could answer them. I feel like either you should call your mom and or your therapist. Yes. I think I built but those. I can't anything else. Yeah. What? I think I'm my dad's son. I'm going to say it. I think I'm his kid. Well, that's good news. <laughs> a good joke for one person that knows it that's probably not listening anyway. But. <laughs> okay, here's the first question from okay. Nadine Sobel. Um, what is the absorption rate if I make a planter and only glaze the outside? The absorption rate stays the same. I'm going to say 1.5. <laughs> Which is what it was when it started. Sure. I'm going to say it's the same. It's the same. I bet it's the same. Different clay bodies have different absorption rates? No. Yes. Different firing temperatures? Both. Yes. I'm going to fucking win ceramics mm -hmm. <laughs> if it's the last yeah. big idea. Well, thanks, Nadia. Yeah. I know that's a trick question because last week I thought it was 6%. <laughs> and she heard me say it and she didn't correct me. So. And then I was mad about it. Yeah, you were uh, so mad. Okay, here's what happened, you guys. Something's not – like I need – I – don't get enough social interaction and it's making me into like the ceramic tech curmudgeon and it's not <laughs> it's, good it's, okay i was teaching a class online and i was talking about make not putting glaze on your piece and i said that the absorption rate of the clay was six percent which is clearly not doesn't seem like that much more like six percent seems like a reasonable amount a reasonable amount of absorption but Gus pulled me aside after class and was like, did you tell them it was 6%? And I was like, yeah. And you, you were like, it's 1.5. First of all, you were like First of all, bragging that it was too high. Okay. It should be under one. <laughs> um, I, it took like everything. I heard you say that in my, this is how I know, like, the isolation is getting to me and I'm seeing people like I'm going to work. I'm still seeing people. I'm just not seeing enough people. I think or I'm not talking about non-ceramic things enough is probably it. Cause 
you said it and my my brain immediately went to like what a fucking idiot what the fuck is this jesus <laughs> which you could have just said cammy it's 1.5 percent well you, know, you were standing five feet away from me i know but i thought that that was rude i mean at least i would have been better than making a mistake I, in front of everybody yeah but that's that's rude it, it's rude to, it, uh i mean it was rude when i did it anyway but uh i, I thought it'd be more rude to interrupt your class because I, I also realized no one's gonna remember that or actually one student's gonna remember it and they're gonna say it for the rest of forever no nah, i don't think they'll remember yeah well anyway if you were in that class it's 1.5 percent Yep. And all the classes before that <laughs> for the last year and a half. But like Cammy said, it depends on what kind of clay you're using. Great. Thanks, Nadine, for bringing up that horrible moment. Oh, here's one from Becca Sweeta. Uh, best tips okay. for teaching online? Oh, I don't have any. Ugh. Move. Okay. Here's what you do. Yeah. I don't have any actually. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Move your computer slowly. Oh yeah, there's that. Um, pan slowly. Have an assistant. Yes. The best thing to do. The best tips here. I actually do have some. Yeah, I, tips I for have teaching one online. Okay. Tell me. Go ahead. Go. Hit me. You go. Look at the camera with your, like, make eye contact with the camera. That's so hard. Especially when really you and I are on, I stare at you in the eyes. Like, we're sitting face to face. Yeah. Yeah. But when you're, like, when your eyes are averted from the camera, you, it's like, what is she looking at? Where are you looking? Um, it helps to have no animals around while you're teaching. Does that include other people that aren't your assistant too? Well, actually, Nadine's pets come on. Nadine and I teach together and her pets come on. But I'm doing a 30-day um, ukulele course on YouTube and this woman that I don't know's pets are coming in the screen and I'm like, come on. But we love Lupita so and Jelly. Oh, yeah, I love jelly. I have actually never met jelly, but. Be prepared. Oh, have a ring light with a, um, the camera holder in the middle and then have an arm that, click, that clips on the table that goes over your hand so you have a top view and a front view. So you can, like, talk to your audience from one view and then spotlight and then do a top view yeah, if you're on awesome. Zoom. Yeah. The one that. Uh, Kelly Donahue told me is that there's a thing called breakout groups on Zoom and you can it, it's like you can use it she was talking about how she uses it when she teaches like a ceramic history class and she uses it so that students will um, like discuss among themselves, which is a really good way to get students learning about stuff so that they're like not just listening, but actively having to talk about it. But it's also perfect if you got to go to the bathroom because you're like, here's a quick question for you to mull about. We're going to snap into breakout groups. And then you can be like, I want four groups 
and it'll just like divide the class up randomly into small meetings. And then you can go to the bathroom or go eat a bratwurst or go. I had a, I had a bratwurst earlier, so it's on the brain. Um, I love bratwurst. But, uh, That's an excellent, excellent idea. Cause then you can like take a break. Yeah. Like get a quick breather. Yeah. Cause teaching online for two hours is really, really hard. You can hold a pillow over your face and just scream into it. And then you pop back in. Cause that's what, sometimes you just need to. Like even when you teach in person, always like sometimes you just need, you know, let it out because you want to be a good teacher. Yeah, that's Patient. true. I'm making gestures that make for really good radio. But. <laughs> it's really true. Oh, you know what? I think that I don't do this, but I wish I did as I think everyone should have their camera on so you can see everybody. Cause if no one has their camera on and, you're just like talking into the void. You think, does anyone care about this? And then it leads you down a dark path of um, self-inassurance. Is that a word? Self-doubt, let's say. Yeah. Yes. It leads you down a path of self-doubt. Yeah. And all of a sudden you're just sitting there and you're like, well... Fuck it. Maybe it doesn't matter. I'll just underfire my glazes if I want a Mac glaze. Maybe I'll just make the absorption rate six percent by drilling holes in it. <laughs> okay, that's a great. That's great. Okay. Um. Uh. Kiln Queen. Talk about Kiln Queen. All right, Kiln Queen. What makes a pot a second to y'all? What makes a pot a second? Well, I just have the handle crack off, off of a cup. You did? Yeah, I had a handle crack. I mean, it's not all the way off, but it cracked enough that it's not good. Oh, shit. Yeah. That sucks. So, That's like amateur hour over there. No. It sucks too because I only make like six cups every other month. That's the second. You know what? We're um, I'm becoming an expert in what is a second for us at uh, Brooklyn Table, where we have a dinnerware line, um, and uh, if it if it warps too much, that's like the main thing that that makes seconds for us over there, and it's over there at the factory um and it's because uh they stack up really nicely and when they're stacked if they're warped it is really really obvious oh it messes up the beauty of the horizontal lines yeah well it just makes it like if it's sitting by itself you can't see it but if there's like four stacked up and one has like a big wave in it it just makes it really yeah that's a second. What about sculpture? I think, mm. I think, do you, when you make your work, do you refire a lot? S um, sometimes, but not a whole lot. I never, I really like the idea of just like refiring, refiring. And I used to do more of it, but, um, I haven't been doing as, no, I mean, I have like, 
I've got a lot of work in my studio that's just not quite like I look at it and I'm like, that's just not very good. Like nothing's wrong with it. It's just not very good. Actually, I remember you, when I was over at your studio, you were like, hey, do you want any of these? And I was like, no. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I have like, I have a stack of work that I don't want. I've got some, but it, it, it leads into a funny thing of like, what do you do with that work? Um, Can't you just refire it? Mm, sometimes it's just not worth it. You know what I used to do? when I first started making like the paintings on panels, cause it was, it took me so long and I had such a small amount of space to make my stuff. I would, if the glaze was bad, I would use an angle grinder and I would just grind the glaze off until it was oh. small again. Whoa. Uh-huh. I only wow. did it a couple times up at the Y. I'd I go mean- back into the mixing room and I would just sit there and just like, Holy crap. That's insanity sauce. Yeah, but it works great. I mean, I believe that it works great. It's just the yeah. work. Yeah. It turns out it's a lot easier just to make a new one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I only, I reglaze it the piece once. That's it, ever? No, I mean, if there's a problem with the piece, I'll, re, I'll give it one reglaze, one refire. Yeah. And, and if it doesn't come out, then I'm like, nope. Also, I don't always give it one. Yeah. Sometimes I just give it zero. Yeah, but sometimes you just know. Yeah. I have a piece that I've been reglazing since 2018. Really? Yeah, but I think it's done. I mean, it probably only got reglazed five times. That's so much. I think it's done. And it's still not, and you know what the bummer is, is it's it's still like a piece that I'd be like, if I was headed out the door and it was somebody's birthday, I'd be like, I'll just grab this for him. Oh. Like someone would be like, oh, this is funny. I'll put this in my backyard. So it's not something that is necessarily a second, but it's also not a first. Yeah. It's just a not good. I I feel like I have way more things that end up in that realm than seconds i think with i mean with pottery it's really easy to tell with like what's a second yeah it's like a little bit easier but in sculpture you're like it's a little bit harder to give up yeah (laughs) yeah i think everything i make is a second and then i'll make one thing that i'm like oh that's not so bad yeah have you ever watched the I think it, the Tate did a video about Grayson Perry where he's like walking around in his studio. Have you ever seen that one? No. And he's, he's talking about the, um, it's a really good video. Everyone should look up Grayson Perry Tate. Um, I think it's called like in the studio or something, but it's him. And he's talking about the ceramics being awful because in your mind, it's like going to be so perfect. And then you open it up and like best case scenario, it's like the eighth best thing you've ever made. Oh. Um, but like you, cause you know, it's like you have to wait for that weird reveal of it. Um, but then at one point he's like just muttering and he's like, he just yells out, it's a war of attrition, which is such <laughs> a good, 
like you just keep going and keep going and make more and make more and make more and reglaze. But sometimes it's really nice to just like stick stuff. I mean, you and I both have big enough, like small studios, but big enough that you can like pile stuff up in the corner and forget about it for a while. Cause it, sometimes I, f- I feel like that work comes around and I use it in something else or, um, or give it to somebody on their birthday. Exactly. Yeah. It comes in handy. It's exactly what it is. Yeah. Oh God. There's so much stuff. Yeah. I know. Do you want some of mine? Mm, not that garbage that's in the corner. No. Uh. I do want one of your pieces. I just don't want one of those. I, I'd rather have something that has like the U.S. and comfort in it. What? I don't know. Wait, what? You know, that piece is cracked, and I just glued it back together. Oh. I mean, it, it didn't crack apart completely, but... Interesting. Yeah. That's the best thing. Like, you'll never know in the photograph. Well, no, you can see, like, I use color, epo- colored epoxy. Oh, you did? Yeah. Like, I actually, it was cracked, and I, like, went in with a router and, like, routed it out more. Oh. And then filled it with colored epoxy. Cool. Like, oh, cool. Good to know. Yeah. <laughs> when you're negotiating. This piece is broken. It's broken, Gus. No one's going to ever want it. The pot on my toilet's broken, too. Oh, I love that pot, too. Oh, this has been fun. Well, thanks yeah. for the questions, everybody. That's it? Yeah. That's pretty good. We did good. Let's see. Today we have on the podcast Kyle Lee, who we met because he is a member at Brooklyn Clay. Yeah. He, I met him like before Brooklyn Clay even opened when we, we were doing an event at the space that was like, just at the start of its construction and Kyle showed up and he was just so excited and he had a backpack on and he was like, I'm moving right up the street and I'm going to be a member. And like, I just can't wait. I'm Kyle. Nice to meet you. That's amazing. And I love that. And he's like killing it. He's one of the hardest working people I know. Um, And this conversation is so great because it's just like, it's just full of wins. Wins? Yeah, there's so many wins. Like, it just feels good. Um, I I hope you guys like it. Here he is, Kyle Lee. So I saw a picture on Instagram. Is it your wheel is in your apartment right now? Yes. Is it in your bedroom? <laughs> yes. <laughs> I love this. So yes. Much. I, 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 I'm saying now that I have a mini studio with a bed in it rather than a bedroom. <laughs> Did you set it up so close that like you can kind of be like dozing off to sleep and just like, like reach over? And throw a pot real quick if you need to. No. Well, I do roll out of bed and jump on the wheel sometimes, yes. I can't. Yeah. You're like, you just like shake off the sleep. Right. Shake off the sleep or go to sleep with clay on. <laughs> How do you like having the home studio? I actually really enjoy it. Yeah. yeah it's, uh, 
it's the, the best part about it, I think, is that I've been able to really kind of uh, do more of basic shapes, you know, kind of just really, because, you know, I don't have the space that I have in the studio yeah, in, in Brooklyn Clay. So, you know, I've like really kind of invested in making more cups and smaller things. Yeah. Yeah. So I, that, that's, it's been good. So how, I mean, I noticed, you know, I've known you for what, like a year or two, a year-ish, but I've noticed your work over quarantine shifted a little bit. Yeah, well, I had to. I had to shift it a little bit. Um, and a lot of that came with, you know, I mean, I sold out, during quarantine, I sold out my whole inventory. That's awesome. Congratulations. And, um, it's, uh, you know, congratulations on being super busy now. <laughs> um, but, you know, with that, I learned about what people are most interested in and, uh, and what, you know, what, what decoration on the ceramics people are most interested in. And they were really interested in the color blast vases that I've been doing. Yeah. And, so beautiful. Uh, and, and the, the red sun vases like sold out first. So, um, you know, a lot of, there's a lot of interest in those too. So the red sun vases were the, the, were the ones that had the big fat paint stripe. Yeah. The brush. big red stripe. Yeah. That were okay. white on the top and then black on the bottom. Yeah. You know, I used to, uh, I used to be a painter. So, I was painting abstract fine arts, painting canvas with acrylic. Uh, this is back in the eighties. And you guys have seen my painterly type of ceramics where it's just brushstrokes and, and, and outlines. And, um, and that's where that kind of comes from. Where are you from originally? Originally I'm from New York. Oh, really? Yeah, I'm, I'm a native New Yorker. I just haven't lived here. Like, I, when I was younger, I lived 10 years in Pittsburgh uh, and then 10 years in D.C. Okay. Then, I, then moved yeah, back I knew, here. I knew you had, like, a Pittsburgh thing. I, for, I forgot. So you were, you were born here? I was born here. Okay. And then probably in elementary school age, I went to, my family moved to Pittsburgh. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Did you, what did you, your, what did, go ahead. Go no, ahead. You go. You go. No, I'm. I'm Kyle, gonna... Kyle, what did your did your parents like have an interest in the arts or anything or how did you? Because you also we can get into this, but you worked as a photographer for a while too, right? I did. I did. Yeah. But pre ceramics. Pre ceramics. Yeah. 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 My father was big into photography, and um, mostly taking kind of like family portrait type stuff, family pictures. He was really big into slides. And um, I've, got, I've got the whole family history here packed up in a closet that, you know, I can't even use the closet because I have so much stuff from it. But um, when my father passed, I got carousels of, of slides. Did, and, do you have like your entire childhood documented? Uh, I, in, in the closet. Yes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I guess yeah. Gus, we should just tell you that slides are film. Yeah. Wait, explain. 
there's yeah. film that's uh, like surrounded by cardboard and you put them in a carousel which is like a circular um slide holder and that goes you know, the, the projector the only time that i've had to go dig up slides is when i'm doing like art history research right it's the only time i've ever encountered slides <laughs> so yeah. crazy yeah <laughs> yeah but i have um i have uh yeah big family history of pictures and and just you know in background in general yeah you know i so wait, shared some of that with you yeah what was your like did you just get into it as a hobby at first or photography like a, yeah yeah it was just a really a hobby um i've always been like going to like the neighborhood art store and getting canvas and getting stretchers and and remember painting my mother a picture it was the ugliest picture but uh, <laughs> but um i did it in uh what are those mar uh, not markers i think they were pastel like crayons and stuff yeah yes and uh and then had it professionally framed for my mother's birthday so i've always been doing i've always been painting or doing photographs and uh at one point, I I was in Paris, living in Paris uh, for a year, studying French there, and um, ended up uh, assisting a fashion photographer while I was there, and it's just my way of making money. Um, but when I came back, I decided that, well, I didn't have a roof over my head, I didn't have money in my pocket, so I started a temp job at the Fresh Air Fund summer camp in the office in Manhattan and I was checking the, the, uh, all the different teachers that were going to, that were supposed to come. And I checking the references and realized that the photography teacher wasn't going to come anymore. So, um, they were like, you're perfect. Why don't you do it? And I was like, yeah, okay, good. Roof over my head, money in my pocket. <laughs> Great. And where was so that at though? Yeah. Huh? Where was the, where was the camp at? It's up in uh, Fishkill, New York, up okay. near Beacon, up there, up oh. that way, not far from Poughkeepsie. Okay. And uh, so I went up there and spent like a whole summer up there teaching photography. They had a dark room. It was awesome. And uh, did like a really great project with the kids and just uh, had a lot of fun up there. Met a lot of good friends that are, and, and Fresh Air Fund employs people from all over the world. So, you know, I still today, I have very close friends that live in the UK, that live in Paris, you know, that I met through the program. That's crazy. Yeah. So then, okay, so then what happened? Well, <laughs> and this, what's is next, be, this is going to yeah, be when like I a. Back, when I came back from Paris, I was like, oh my God, I've been like having so much fun in my life and now I need to focus on my career, you know? And so that was that. Was that. I just like really uh, focused on uh, my day job. Uh, as you know, I'm an IT director during the day down in the Wall Street area. Full time. Um, I've, yeah. And um, I haven't always worked down there. I used to work for McGraw Hill up in Midtown um, uh, Dresner Bank, which is like a German investment bank. 
uh, down in the Wall Street area, the International Securities Exchange, and I've mostly been in financial. This is my first time uh, in a healthcare uh, firm. Okay. And as you guys probably have heard or seen the ads for Emblem Health, yeah, that is who I. Uh, that's who I work for. How did you get into that? I, it's, it, it, it goes way back to 1982. I was in the Watergate. Uh, when I was living in D.C., I was in the Watergate office building and working in a company there and kind of like as an administrative assistant and looked in there. They had a little computer room. And if you've ever seen the Godzilla, old Godzilla movies where the tape drives are like... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, those are the kind of computers that they had. Those like big ones, they're like gigantic. They're gigantic, yeah. yeah. And uh, the old IBM computers. Did they take the cards or no? Uh, I did work with punch cards, yeah. Oh my God, that's yeah. so crazy. And uh, so I kept going in the room because I was like, oh, this is really cool. What is this? And ultimately they had an opening uh, in there and they asked me if I wanted to come in and work in there and they trained me and sent me to courses and did all that. And I was programming for a little while and then it stepped into more computer operations, uh, and then into more management roles thereafter. It's so crazy. It's shocking because I see you in the studio so much that I would never know that you had a full-time job. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like when you said you were like had a full-time job, I was like, like, when do you do that? Well, yeah. I mean, it's, they know not to mess with me at five (laughs) o'clock. They know I'm out the door at five o'clock because either I'm going to go teach or I'm going to the studio, you know? So how long have you been doing ceramics? Since about 2003 is when I started. And how did that happen? Um, well, I was, uh, it was a different job. I was working at Bloomberg and doing IT at the time. And um, it you was, just know like everybody's secrets. You've worked at like every, every <laughs> job. <laughs> like, yeah, um, I have signed a non disclosure <laughs> okay, agreement. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> He can't even tell you if he knows secrets. Yeah, so I was working at Bloomberg. It was like a 12-hour-a-day job. I had not done any kind of art during that time period, and I really needed to relieve stress. And I was living in Carroll Gardens. There was a place around the corner from me called the Painted Pot. And... um and so they had a studio in, uh, in their downstairs basement level, and I started there and just never stopped. That's and what, were you making like pots and stuff? Is that what you started? I was making ashtrays at the beginning. Cool. <laughs> so wait, so you had never done ceramics? You just I had went... never done ceramics. No. Oh my God, I love no. this story. No. Wait, do you still have any of those pieces around? Do you have any I of those ashtrays? Still, I, I, I have my very first piece. I love this. Yeah. I, I would show it to you, but I have no idea where it is right Damn now. Damn it. That's what I really wanted to see. Oh, well, I do know where it is. It's in, it's in the teaching studio in Manhattan. Okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I, I don't have access to it, but um. Yeah. Yeah, I do have it. That's Is it pretty sweet? It's like a you know like a little tiny bowl. Yeah. Bowl, and it's like 
black and red, you know, those are my favorite colors. So, you know, it's like, uh, just a little, and I used to keep it in my refrigerator to hold ketchup and soy sauce packages. Nice. <laughs> that's, what I, that's what I used to use it for. <laughs> that's so New York. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, that's so crazy yeah okay so you took this so you started with a class right and then you just were like i'm in it started with the class i got hooked um i was at the painted pot for like maybe five years and then i moved to chambers pottery in uh in tribeca um wait is that still there i've never heard of yeah i've never heard of that one it's still there it's on the second floor it's right on chambers street and it's, uh, it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's a, it used to be a dance club and, uh, back in the day of New York, you in know, what debauchery. Day? Huh? I was going to talk to you about New York debauchery. Because <laughs> yeah. I used to, like, you know. Yeah, yeah. I, can't, I, I signed a non disclosure agreement. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to ask you which club did you go to, like, to yeah. dance clubs? Yes, I did a lot. Like Pyramid or like what? Yes, Pyramid was one of my favorite ones. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And yeah. then did you go to, like, Nowhere, Phoenix, all those club bars? Not those um, are bars. I mean, you know, there was like. Uh, uh, Oh, now you're going to make me remember um, or try to remember. Don't get crazy. Um, I've never been to a club before. No? A New York club? No. Any club. Really? Oh, wow. I don't think so. Wow. All right. Well, <laughs> I don't know. I, can, I, I, I can doubt that they're open at this time, so we can't get you to one. <laughs> Um, but you know, the, you know, that there's a club in Queens that I used to go to, which was where they filmed, um, uh, what's that movie with John Travolta? Saturday where, Night Fever. Saturday Night Fever, where the floor lit up. Yes. Yeah. That was, that was in Queens. That's gone. I'm when was, gone. when, did, I don't even remember. When was that? When did that, oh, when did that close? Oh, it probably closed like maybe 15 years ago. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I love it. But I used to go there. It was really fun dancing on that dance floor. I believe it. I'm so <laughs> sad I missed that actually. And then there were just like the, you know, the giant clubs around. I was in Studio 54 a couple times, you know, um, not of age, but. Uh, yeah, that wasn't know, cute. When I moved I was, here, that was already closed. Yeah. And um, so Do I. Do you dance in your there. studio? Huh? Do you dance in your studio ever? <laughs> Not very often. No. Okay. <laughs> oh yeah, I so I just saw that picture of you on Instagram in like red Jordash jeans. Were they Jordash jeans? Jordash you were in red jeans. jeans. Yeah. It was like a young Kyle Lee, yeah. and I was like, oh, yeah. that looks like trouble. <laughs> I haven't even seen it. I gotta. I was like, red jeans is trouble. So you know the you know the term banjee boy? No. So banjee boy is like right on the cusp of like hip hop and like dance music. And um it was like that's when the baggy jeans first arrived and like wearing them really low and, and I didn't wear them like with my butt hanging out, but <laughs> baggy jeans were like 
the thing that was coming that was up and coming and flannel like big flannel button down shirts and stuff like that do you mean like crisscross baggy jeans or do you yeah mean like yeah exactly jinko exactly. baggy jeans or yeah. like that is that a crossover there's no. a crossover yeah. say no. <laughs> oh my god this is like mind-blowing yeah yeah no i've 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 done it all <laughs> um wow. and it just so happens that at that time i was working for jordash jeans and doing it work for them and they would come in and in the in the uh like kitchen like employee you know uh uh area where you sit and have coffee and whatever they would bring they would do shows and bring dozens of clothes and jackets and jeans and just throw them out on the floor and say take what you want and so i uh picked up uh some red jordash jeans and thought i was the shit <laughs> i mean you probably were yeah. <laughs> I, mean, I, I, I will I mean, never I, wear red like that again i'll tell you that much well i'll never say never <laughs> you're gonna be like 80 years old and you're red jeans. <laughs> like can't try to get that youth back one last yeah. one yeah. last I, grasp those are long gone <laughs> yeah but um yeah those are like some those were my pyramid days that's when i went to pyramid oh wow yeah. Uh, yeah, the, I've been to Pyramid a couple times in yeah. the 2000s. That's uh, a place we oh, we'll take us there. Yeah, we could probably. Okay. Yeah, we could probably. We'll do the ceramics podcast at Pyramid. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'll take us. Pyramid is Pyramid's still there. I don't know after quarant after COVID if they're gonna even survive, but I don't. You know, they were yeah. there before COVID, so. I mean, one of the problems about going out to clubs is that the club, you know, if you, it starts, the party starts around 12, yeah. which is also an hour after I'm asleep. Yeah. <laughs> right, 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 right. Well, I probably would go to Pyramid these days for like an hour and then say, gotta go guys. <laughs> but you know, <clears throat> Pyramid Club is where I met um, RuPaul, RuPaul first started in pyramid club oh right and, yeah uh, that's where i first met rupaul and and uh you know uh i mean i'm not uh i don't keep in contact with rupaul but um you know we were hanging out back then you know that's awesome yeah before it was really before rupaul was like big i feel like those but you know the pyramid club that that kind of community was really small oh yeah i mean you would see rupaul probably like if you were going out to clubs you probably see him like four nights a week or something right if right. you're like really going out yeah this is getting into some real subculture stuff yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. yeah this is <laughs> like if people thought the ceramics that. was a small subculture like <laughs> well that has yeah one of the funniest things that's keeps coming up on the ceramics podcast is how little we keep talking about ceramics <laughs> <laughs> like we just right. put out an episode that was half about us trying to learn how to play instruments um, <laughs> so. all right so let's get back on track okay so well yeah so wait yeah when did you get into teaching ceramics um so after let's see after the chambers pottery 
after I was at Chambers. I was there for five years at Chambers Pottery. And then I decided that I needed to kind of have my own space. Um, So I went to WCC, which is um, part of Showplay. They have like a private studio space uh, where you can rent uh, your space in the studio. It's on Havemeyer and North Nine. When was that? Oh, dates. <laughs> you just like rough, like like how long ago was that? Because I- yeah, that was probably like maybe ten years ago. Okay. Um, I heard about that. I was probably like maybe two thousand six or seven yeah. or something. Yeah, yeah. I feel like oh, I, no. there have been a lot of New York people that kind of like got their footing there. Yeah, there's a lot of people that got their footing there, definitely. And, yeah. and you know you know many of them. You know uh, Sierra and Franca. You know, I used to, we used to share the studio together. Okay. Um, and... Um, yeah, I know Dustin Barzell was working out of there for a while. Right. Um, right. Yeah. So after, after WCC, I was going to take a break from Clay. And oh, really? Yeah, I was going to just, you know take a little break, you know, uh, save up some money and, and, uh, then come back to it later on. But when I, I think like a week later, somebody said, Oh, the, uh, the educational Alliance is looking for, uh, somebody to manage and build out their studio. And Kyle, you know, all about that. So, why don't you go in and interview with them? And so I went down there and, and interviewed and got the job and then helped them build out the studio, helped them. Uh, and then I managed the studio as a volunteer for five years. Crazy. Um, and, <laughs> and, 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 and was teaching there at the same time. So it was a new studio. They had renovated the building. So it was really just building up their business again. And, uh, while you had a full-time job, while I had a full-time job. Yes. Yeah. yeah I don't know. <laughs> I can't handle it. So I would like work full-time every day and then go into the studio every day after work and pug clay and make glazes. And I was there on the weekends too. There was just, uh, that's, that was my life, you know? And, um, and, uh, you know, and then finally I was like, well, look, I can't manage the studio anymore. I still want to teach. And at that point I was teaching three classes a night, three classes a week. <laughs> so, so I was like, I have to give up something. So I gave up the management of the studio and they hired somebody to do it. Uh, teaching was, uh, I love teaching. And so I continued teaching three nights a week up until COVID. Yeah, I know an old student of mine just posted a picture of her teapot collection. Yeah. And I was like, like of teapots that she's made and it. And like, I just felt so like proud. Yeah, yeah. You know, she's like, just like excited. And she hasn't been my student for like maybe a year now. But um, yeah, like it's so great when people like really, really connect with it and like really take off that it does make it, it's worth it for those like nice moments. And, exactly. I call, and those, yeah. I call those the aha moments where somebody's yeah. working and you say, and you tell them something and they try it. And then all of a sudden it's like, 
they're throwing bigger or they're throwing yeah. better and their technique has improved all of a sudden. It's just yeah. like you, you can see the click. You can see the click, yeah. So that's like the best part of teaching. Yeah. 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 I keep in touch with a lot of my students. They're like, they're friends, you know, after all this time. And yeah. I've had some of them come over here during, during COVID and uh, we socially distance. They use my wheel. Yeah, because you know, they really want to like they don't have one of their own. Some of them I actually bought them from Mouse Ceramics, those little mini wheels that they were selling. Yeah, yes. And I got I got some of those for them, and, oh, and that's uh, cool. the mini you know, wheel. It's just like a little. It's like a tiny little wheel, and you can make tiny little pots on it. Right? Yeah, yeah. Did you try one? No, no. I haven't uh, tried it either. No, I haven't tried it. <laughs> but it's like. So, I mean, you're, I, my hands won't allow me to do like little tiny things like that. Oh, Kyle, wait. So probably the biggest amount of the amount of time right now that you can't be doing ceramics is your like five minute walk from the studio to your home. Right. But if you got one of those mini wheels, you could get like a little chess table thing like they used to sell yeah, like, like cracker popcorn, jacks at baseball. Peanuts, and then you'll and then you walk <laughs> as you're walking, you can be throwing like little little dishes, little ramekins on your walk back and forth. <laughs> Okay, Gus. That's going to increase your productivity. All right, all right Gus. I, I, yeah. you're, you're, you're podcasting under the influence today. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so when did you actually start selling your work? That's... Um, so the, uh, while I was teaching the second annual uh Brooklyn, you know, the Brooklyn Pottery Invitational, um, which was in 2009, I believe. That was the second one. Oh. And so I didn't I, realize it had been around that long. Yeah, it's been around for a little bit. Yeah. Is it, did I say 2000? Maybe it's not 2009. Maybe it's 2018 or 19. Maybe that's. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think it, I think it is like maybe 2000, 2018 was the first one I want okay. or 2017. I'm not, I can't remember, okay. but I think it was 2018 that I did my first, uh, uh, Brooklyn pottery invitational. And that's the same time. That was the same time that we had the last Brooklyn pottery tour as well. Oh, the clay tour. The clay tour, Brooklyn clay tour, right? Yeah. Right. Yeah. So that was the last last time we had that. Um, is the time that I was part of the Brooklyn Pottery Invitational. And that was the first time I had actually sold in a in a seller's capacity uh, my work. Like you never and, had a table out somewhere or anything before no, that? No. Well, yes and no. I would do like pottery sales in uh out front of my house when i lived in carroll gardens and uh i would take set up a table out there and sell pottery like all my seconds for cheap and i would make like it was awesome because you know there's a garden right out front and you set up a table and there's a ton of foot traffic coming through uh carroll gardens and you know i'd set up a table and sell everything and make like a thousand dollars in one day Oh my God! New York, awesome. New York is so crazy. And you do that. You do. You do that during uh, in the in like 
right in the beginning of November because the holidays are coming and people want to like just buy stuff. And yeah. So okay. I would set up a table. So hold on, set the scene just yeah. for the people that are listening from any everywhere else. So there's like just like describe the brown. It's brownstones. It's brownstone brownstone buildings. Um, and in Carroll Gardens, every brownstone has a front garden and a back garden, and um, they're all like beautiful tree-lined streets. People typically have stoop sales and things like that on, on all the different streets. And of course I didn't have anything for stoop sales. So I had pottery. And, uh, so I actually had basement access cause I lived in the garden level apartment and I lived there for 16 years. Oh, wow. Um, and had the garden level apartment with the basement access. So I would have, uh, plastic containers full of seconds pottery and just store them down there all year long until November. And I would set up a table, bring them all out, and sell everything. And uh, crazy. That's gotta was, feel was, so good. It, it was so good. I had I had a woman come and drive by. She did a circle, came back around to the block, parked her car, got out, and bought twenty pieces. And I even gave her the plastic container. I was like, here, <laughs> you just take the plastic container. I don't know where those pieces were going to, <laughs> what she was doing with them, but you know, it was, uh, it was quite funny. And then I was actually apartment kind of looking to buy a place over in Carroll Gardens a while back. And I looked at, uh, at a, a duplex, uh, one bedroom apartment right on Court Street. And I walk in the building and there's a fireplace in the apartment. I walk in the building into the apartment and on the mantle above the fireplace is a vase that I had made back from probably 2004 or five. <laughs> it was just like a complete shock. That was a, that was a, and I was like, the, the owner wasn't there. It was a realtor showing it. And I was like, uh, showing the place. And so I was like, tell the owner that's the piece of mine that she has on her mantle. And it was just like this really tall, skinny, thin neck vase that I had made, carved into it and had some like Orbe type plays on it. And uh, yeah, it's so totally weird. shocking. That's Funny. again, New York. Yeah, yeah. Like yeah. shit could only happen here. But like I said, you know, I, I lived in Carroll Gardens for 16 years, so it was highly likely that I was going to bump into something like that. Yeah. You know, yeah, it was like every other apartment had one of your pieces. <laughs> by the end. Yeah, yeah. A lot of, <laughs> a lot of my old neighbors do. A lot of them do. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, it seems like you're busier with ceramics than ever. Is there any, any thought of like move into a part-time job so that you can spend more time doing ceramics or it's, have you ever like done that math? Just no, I haven't done the math yet. I'm actually looking at that math. And, yeah. you know, um, I, it's, it's, it's a scary thing after making, you know, good money down in wall street, having a 401k for retirement and health benefits pretty much paid for that. I would have to invest in 
financing all of that myself. And yeah. So I'm giving that math a year. Uh, I'm looking into that in, in a year's time. You know, it's what I'm working towards. Yeah. Being independent in ceramics, um, making that work, getting the business model to be, you know, sustainable and, uh, and just kind of, uh, yeah, writing out my retirement, you know, doing ceramics. Yeah. yeah. So I know that uh, before COVID, you were on your way to Milan, and it was like a super big deal. Yeah, right, right, right. Yeah, I was, I was going to, I was in, <laughs> I was just going to go to Milan in April and for the 1,000 Vases exhibition. And uh, they do it in Milan, they do it in Paris, they're doing it in Paris this September. Um, but I told them no, that I wasn't going to come to Paris uh, this time around. And um, of course, the whole show, the whole exhibit was all shut down um, and now rescheduled for April of 2021. Um, but I have so many other things uh, that are happening that I can't like do it anymore. So, you know, even yeah. in 2021, I've got too many, I got a, another project that I want to focus on. That's a so, good problem. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, it, it is a good problem. I, I, I like that. Um, I get deadlines. I thrive off of deadlines, you know? And uh, so just like the pottery invitational that I had done, was a deadline. I had no work made. So I stayed, I was in the studio every night after work, just pumping out pieces, pumping out pieces. So are you doing the St. Croix Pottery Tour? I am doing the St. Croix Pottery Tour. Oh my God, yes. I'm so excited. Um, that's, that's next year. Yeah. Um, they did it this year virtually, but I think it will actually be in person uh, on wow. site next year. And it just so happens I have a friend that used to that I used to share studio space with at WCC, who has moved there, moved his family's from Minnesota. They have a farm right down the street from where the pottery tour is, and he's like, "You have to stay with me." Yeah, That's you're amazing. you're gonna see like the ceramics that I grew up with. Yeah, like Saint Croix Pottery Tour when I was in high school is like like the Super Bowl. Um, right, right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I told him, I said, look, you know, I got really colorful stuff and it's not like salt fired, wood fired, you know, it doesn't have that aesthetic. And they're like, that's perfect. Yeah. Well, especially, yeah, I feel like, you know, everybody's kind of figuring out how to, um, you know, like, or like people are sort of reinventing ceramics a little bit. And, and like one big thing is that, there are all these people that are coming to it kind of like you that didn't come through like one of these big old like ceramic institutions. There's new voices and there's new techniques and new colors and new forms coming into it, which is like really needed, you know, cause it, you, you can't just like look at the same forms and the same process over and over. Um, just, there's no, there's no energy in that after so long. Oh um, yeah. It's a bummer. Yeah. Okay. So, like, what's I'm like, what's the difference? I'm, I'm doing all that work right now because, from what I understand, it's enormous, and you yeah, have to have a lot of work for it. 
So that's yeah. where a lot of the the newer cups that I have in the studio in Brooklyn Clay are, are for that. I'm, I'm making now for them. We would love for you to like talk us through it because it's so crazy that, you know. I have lots of room. I have lots of space. I like, I push my bed into a corner and the rest of it is floor space for shelving. And I have a table, a work table in here, my wheel and. And then I have shelving for like inventory, finished and not finished uh, inventory. And then the other half of my apartment is my living space, you know. And so it's it's uh, that's how I have it set up. Yeah. Do you have a piece yeah, you, of plastic under your wheel? I do. I put a shower curtain from the wall, uh, and which drapes down onto the floor, and my wheel sits on top of that. That's awesome. Smart. Yeah, we were just talking about keeping a studio clean. Like, how are you keeping your apartment clean? I've mastered that. That yeah. is like, yeah, I mean, I didn't want, you know, my, my apartment, I'm pretty, like, particular about my apartment and how, uh, you know, the things that I have in it as far as, you know, the design aspect and everything. So bringing a wheel in was just like, well, this doesn't match anything, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and um, And then now I have to keep it clean, but... Uh, what I've done is, you know, I've put the shower curtain there. I don't typically throw with a lot of water anyhow. So there's, there's not that aspect of it. Um, I have a Roomba that does the floors, you know, I'll have the Swiffer that gets the dust and, and, um, I downstairs in my building, there's a, like a, I have laundry in my apartment, but uh, there's a laundry room with a, with a slop sink down in the basement. So anytime uh, I need to really clean, I just go down there. Wow. And, um, and any, any uh, you know, slurry or trimmings, I got a green, I got green plastic trash bags and the building puts out their trash in green plastic trash bags on Tuesdays or Mondays and Thursdays. So I haul anything out during those nights and, and uh, nobody's the wiser. Nobody has <laughs> nice. any idea that I'm doing ceramics in here. <laughs> now I'm like, should I get a Roomba for my studio? <laughs> no, it's, it's awesome. And, and uh, you know, I used to have a regular vacuum cleaner, but I, I don't have the space for that to store. Yeah, I mean, I I know the way that you and I both work and I feel like a Roomba would just like die 30 seconds into trying vacuuming our studio. I know, it really would. I would like, it would never work. I'd like, I could get one and it would work for a day and then it would get clogged and I'd be like, it's broken. It would, su it would suck up five pounds of clay. So, I'm doing that, I'm doing that um, St. Croix pottery tour but I'm also, um, as you guys probably know already, working uh, on a project for West Elm. Yeah. And, um, I didn't know that. Did you know oh, that? Oh, you didn't know that? Yeah, okay. of course I knew so, that. Yeah, I'm working on a, on a project for West Elm Causes for their local, local uh, makers program. Sweet. And uh, so I've got vases that I've made. I've got more to make, but um, it'll my pieces will in October go live on their website, um, and potentially in their Dumbo store. 
downtown Brooklyn. Okay. Um, can I ask you a couple of questions like yeah. when, about working with them? What, when they came, when they came to you, yes. did they say specifically like, we want 10 of this shape? Um, and no. we, was it like really? It's not like that. It's a local artist program. And so they, they understand that everything is handmade. There's no production type of aspect to this. Okay. Right? It's all handmade. If you go on their website and you look under local, you'll see exactly what's out there. Um, they liked the fact that I had all this color going on because just like a lot of these online shops, there's a very neutral sense of color um, of grays and, and whites. Yes, and, subtle. And, you know, yeah. yeah. So they were really excited to have this like blast of color, color blast. <laughs> um, you know, on their site. Did you have to sign a contract or no? I did sign a contract. Yeah. They, uh, they initially, we, there's a whole, I've learned so much about corporate contracts and, and, and the, the, the split between the, the, the corporate, the company and the artist and, and negotiating those things. And, and, uh, um, you know, what does dropship mean and what does, you know, wholesale really mean and what are the benefits of each, you know, or what are the pros and the cons, you know? And so it's really interesting, um, uh, you know, to get to this understanding of, of the business side because um, I wasn't aware of it previously. So I'm just kind of like threw myself in, into it. Have you gotten advice from people or were you just like, I have. I've, I've gotten advice from people who have done this program um, and talked to them. There's a woman that was at Brooklyn clay who had a friend that did it. And she said, I don't know how accurate this is, but she said, Oh yeah, my friend did that program and she retired. <laughs> so I'm like, yes, yes. Wow. Uh, you seem to treat your, like your Instagram like really seriously, like as an extension of the business, it is. which I think, yeah, but it I think is. a lot of people, you know, sort of have like different, um, you know, like I use, I do like share my work a lot on mine. Most that's pretty much all it is, but it's yeah. like, I don't like, it seems like you make it a point to like really regularly post really regularly, like interact with people. Yeah. Is yeah. That, has that just like always been a conscious it's, it, it hasn't, it, it, when I first started doing it, it was a marketing kind of, uh, uh, media outlet for me. So yeah. I will, you know, I'm, I'm the biggest critic of my own art. So I put it out on Instagram and see what people think. Yeah. And when I get a, when I get a response that's, that's positive, then I'm like, okay, well I'll just keep moving in this direction. I'll post another one the next week. And so a lot of it, that's the way it started. Now it's, it's a, a selling tool and marketing tool. And I don't know if you're familiar with uh, Pottery for All, that Instagram yeah. uh, site. So. Um, that, that uh, oh God, I should kill myself for forgetting his name. Uh, I mean, that's a bit strong, Kyle. Oh, yeah, don't do that. <laughs> No, Eduardo. Eduardo is his name. And I took, um, I took an Instagram workshop with him 
because he makes money all he has multiple Instagram sites and he makes uh, he makes all of his money off his Instagram going taking from people go to his Instagram and it takes them to his to his websites and um, and in anything from ceramics to buttons to pins to anything like that that he like collects and and things like that so I took that course with him. I did a one-on-one -on -one session with him um, so he could look at my Instagram site and give me advice of how it should look and, and, um, and how I should, uh, you know, set it up so that it leads people to my website, um, which was invaluable information. It just, it was, it was amazing what, after what I did, how much more traffic I got. Wow. Yeah. Um, and uh, so, yeah, so Instagram has been uh, a really good tool for me. So I'm lucky enough to have a neighbor across the hall who happens to be an analyst for Facebook. <laughs> <laughs> and, and what she's done for me is amazing. They're awesome people. I love my neighbors. And she, they get if you work for Facebook, you get ad credits every month. And so she has set up my Instagram, I mean, my, face, my Facebook with her ad credits to run ads for my website. And that also ultimately goes over to Instagram too. So um, I've had like ads running, you know, ceramic meltdown ads um, running from Facebook over to Instagram. Uh, which That's has awesome. increased my, my, uh, my followers. Um, also, during this whole Black Lives Matter movement, there was this movement to support black businesses as well. Um, I had somebody reach out to me who had something like 200 and something million followers. And she said, I want to do something with all these followers that I have. And she put out a story. And next thing I know, I went from 2,000 to almost 8,000 followers. Almost, oh, I couldn't even keep up. Wow. It was insane. And it just continued. And it's now I'm getting close to, I'm like maybe not a quarter of the way from 10,000 followers now. Wow. Yeah. It's awesome. So, um, yeah, I mean, it's, Instagram's been a big part of, of my business. Kyle, I haven't known you for, I guess, maybe like two years about. Yeah, about uh, two years, yeah. Yeah, but I feel like a lot of the stuff that you're like talking about having figured out now, you were kind of talking about like starting, like I remember you talking about getting display shelves for your apartment and like, right. um, yeah, and it's kind of like, it's just always cool to watch someone like, you know, like you already had like the making part figured out, but like figuring out how to turn it into a business that like right. is getting out there and like figure out how to actually ship things so that you're not, you know, like scrambling every time something sells. And yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. yeah it seems like you've like really figured that stuff out in the I, last. I figured it all yeah. out. And yeah, it's, it's, there's still so much more to figure out. Do you think you'd ever uh, like have pieces fabricated for you? Like, do you have any that, interest in that? Well, yeah, yeah, I was going to, I was going to get to that because um, there's a couple other projects coming up for next year. Um, yeah. 
One of them is, uh, well, there's another project coming up for this year, which is Food 52. Oh, um, cool. Yeah, so Food 52 has a holiday cup sale. And so I spoke with them on Friday as well um, to, uh, and I, my friend Will, who's uh, New York Stoneware, uh, also is a part of this. He, he sells on Food 52 as well. Um, as New York stoneware. And so they contacted me and they were like, we need 26 cups. And, um, and I was like, well, that's kind of easy, but I'm just thinking about my time frame and what yeah. else I have to get done. Um, which means I probably will have to at some point take a week off of work really soon. Oh, my God. Uh, <laughs> oh no. Yeah. I mean, just work, work straight, <laughs> straight, but like work during the day. In, yeah. in Brooklyn clay and work at night at home, you know, making, yeah. making, making clay, uh, making pots. Um, so that's another project, but another project in 2021 is with shop object. Oh, yeah, cool. They reached out to me and they asked me, uh, if I'd be interested in taking part of there's a, they're doing like a black lives matter program. Uh, for uh, people of color artists. And so far, I'm the only ceramic artist that they've uh, engaged uh, here in New York. And so uh, what this program is, is they look at your, uh, they look at your brand, they bring in people that are, are relatable to your brand to help you come and uh, to help you build out your business, make suggestions, um, you know, talk about finances. They, it's a whole program. Totally invaluable thing to, to have on my side. Sweet. Um, That's going to be so good. And during this conversation, one of the things that they suggested is that I take one or two vases and, and do a production line, which means making molds of them and making the same piece uh, over and over and over again uh, so that I can start selling to a different audience like hotels or restaurants and, uh, and things like that where there'll be, I need five of those or I need 25 of those. Yeah. Um, so, you know, there's, there's, I've already, I've already taken the steps to research uh, moving forward on that. And of course, you know, my longtime friend Sierra at, at uh, Franca um, was happy to, uh, to give me some insight on the wholesale market and what it looks like and yeah. um, creating a line sheet and, and doing all of that and how I can get molds made without me making them, <laughs> right? Because yeah. I really don't want to get into the plaster thing myself. Yeah. yeah, they're good good, good friends to have over at Franca. Yeah. They've really figured a lot of stuff out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, they've, they've, they've been, Sierra's been a big help to me. That's cool. Um, yeah. But, you know, you ask, you ask Sierra, and Sierra will tell you, she didn't know how to load kilns before. I, I taught her how to load a kiln. <laughs> oh, funny. She'll be the first one to tell you that, you know? Yeah. And, uh, yeah, we've, we've always stayed close and, um, 
Did you want to talk more about the red pants or? Uh... <laughs> I feel like we just got started, but this is. Well, you know, I have to say, you're going to edit this out anyhow. Yeah. <laughs> but the red pants got me a lot of tail back in the day. Oh, <laughs> I'm not editing that. I believe what that is. It's going to be the intro and the outro. Now. <laughs> hard he does he's at the studio all the time when he's not there i'm worried yeah right think what happened to kyle he only lives a block away you could check out his instagram what's his instagram his instagram is ceramic meltdown and look at his shop and you can follow all of his news and uh make sure to follow the ceramics podcast on instagram yeah we have so many followers we're like looking at upwards of 300 we are we are now posting about twice a month too so pretty 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 active on there i'm about uh, to fire our marketing person and, <laughs> and actually the worst part about it is our marketing person gus which is you would probably love it if and, i fired him uh and that's it for the podcast this week <laughs> okay uh, we're gonna circle later. back around to this bullshit Sweet. All right. Well, I think like I think these podcasts are really working out. Yeah. Awesome. They're getting. I think the 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 content's getting better and better. Yeah. You never know. It's a shocking that we it have so much. Be good eventually. That's what you're saying. Like it's getting better and better. Next thing you know, it it's a good podcast. I don't know. I don't know if that's ever going to happen, but you know, we can strive. Like, just like I feel like my all my ceramics pieces are seconds. Mm -hmm. I feel like the same about this podcast. It's a war of attrition. <laughs> it's a war of attrition. That's really fun.